Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Stop thinking about me. Or don't stop thinking about Saturday morning with the Gardening Gang. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy for yet another Saturday morning with the Gardening Gang being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. Pete and Sherilyn today going on the cheap... Oh, we are. We are. We're going to be saving money. I don't know if it's we're going on the cheap, but we're going to be thrifty. We're going on the cheap, oh, let me tell okay. you. We're going to work out how Times we can... tough, Sherilyn. Look, I know they are, but I don't like overspending on gardening anyway. I like saving a dollar. So we've got a couple of fantastic guests today, Pete. I've actually dug into the uh, CWA because, you know, they like to save a dollar or two and they like gardening as well. And I found a real character for us. And we've also got permaculture's Clara Rosa. She's joining us to talk about permy ways to save money in the garden. And today, a controversy. A, a big one. We're going really serious on the gang today. We've got a big controversy. A great big business versus a tiny little plant or right here on the Central Coast. And I reckon the plant will win. Do you think so? I think so. That doesn't I sound like you. I think people are sick of those large organisations running roughshod. Mm-hmm. Shall we say? And all we'll right. find out what that's all about. A local plant named after a local town here on the coast. Yes. Yes. That's, that's right. That's going to be part of our show as well in the Gardening Young today. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, I'm going to have one of those uh, lovely Devonshire teas from the CWA lady. <laughs> Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy today with the Gardening Gang and mm. it's all about thrift today. It's all about saving a dollar, establishing your uh, garden home, yeah, whether it's in the tools yeah. or the mm-hmm. ground. And we thought we'd tap into the knowledge of the CWA oh, this morning, Sherilyn. Okay. They're a very practical and resourceful group of ladies. They certainly are. And we've got uh, Lorraine Jones from the Woi Woi CWA. That's a very prominent location it right is. there in the Fisherman's Wharf, mm-hmm. I think. G'day, Lorraine. Yes, good, good. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. Now, Hello. Uh, How are oh, you? Oh, mate, jumping out of our skin today. Now, am I correct in assuming that you have uh, a couple of solutions to save a dollar in establishing a garden? Well, this season we've had real hot, humid weather. So don't, whatever you do, waste your money on mulch. Oh. Because the rain drizzles down on the top layer, stays there. Uh The second layer doesn't get anything because the rain isn't heavy and all that second layer of mulch goes to mould and the water can't get down to the stems and the roots. So they need oxygen or they won't grow. So I would never waste my money on mulch when it is like it is now. The humidity doesn't like mulch. Well, Lorraine, do you get and down on your hands and knees and blow at them or not? Just sort of blow. What did you blow? <laughs> <laughs> aerate the soil. Every morning, every morning I talk to them all and say how beautiful they are. And what, I mean, what are you growing there in your garden? Well, everything in my garden has virtually been propagated. You can propagate everything. Snip a bit off and make sure it's a real firm stem mm-hmm. and place it in the garden and put the soil real close around it and give it a light sprinkle of water. So yeah. you're not spending money on plants, you're propagating, you're getting cuttings, oh, I'm nothing, hearing. No, that's right. Cuttings, um, Look, you, you can just break off a bit of daisy and put it in and then the daisy might go a bit brownish. Don't worry about it. It'll come back in a few weeks. 
you know, oh. and then carnations you just pull apart and mm-hmm. grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I was down the Great Ocean Road, I found a black pelagonium. Ooh. That is a real beautiful feed. So I said to the motel chap, would you mind if I take a piece? And I put it home in the garden. She's growing, but it hasn't flowered yet. So I'm busting to see a flower. <laughs> so, Lorraine, do you go for permission before you, um, uh, you know, take samples, shall we say, or do you sometimes oh, just nick them oh, and nick oh. off? No, no. I always ask. The motel man was so happy to give it to me. Yeah. And what, what, the, what the best thing to do with a plant is to get the ends of the plant and just give them a light trim. Never go to a bullet a gate and have all the bits and pieces going into the into your plant. Yeah. It's always little bit of stopping the growth and stopping the new fresh stuff from coming. Right. So when you grab hold of your grab hold of your lovely little plant and just trim, trim, trim and put it in a bucket. Don't let it go back into your plant that you've trimmed. But right. you just you're getting nowhere. Yeah. So I sort of am very careful how I do all that, you know? And I was at a nursery and I saw a beautiful glass teapot with a plant in it yeah. and it was $60. I came home, got my glass teapot out of the cabinet, plonked water in it, just plonked it in and away it goes. It's looking absolutely beautiful. Well, do you share these ideas with your mates at the uh, the YYCWA oh, where they sort yeah, of say, yeah. gee, she's a tight one, that Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> pull up, they pull up and say, oh, isn't your garden beautiful? And I think to myself, you could do the same. So you've got to put coffee and coffee beans in your garden. Right. Go to, go to the cafe. Mm-hmm. Have you got any things? You know how they have the pods and that? Yes. And bring it home and plonk it on the garden. Absolutely does the garden. The world of good. And you're recycling. Instead of it going in the bin, it's going back on the earth. Right. So, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, on keeping pest control, things like those ah, yes. you know, slugs oh, and things well, like that? Mm. Well, my solution is detergent, cooking oil, carb soda, milk and a bit of water and you spray all the plants. Boy, it does the world of good. You just mix that up? Yeah, just me special recipe. Carb yeah. soda, milk. Right. No, no, you've got to but start with detergent. Detergent? Oh, detergent. detergent. Right. Cooking oil, right. carb soda, milk and water and mix it all up and just spray it all over your plants and it's like a milky solution mm-hmm. and the oil gets rid of any bugs because they don't, don't like it because they can't stay on there because oh, it's slippery. A bit slippery, yeah. yeah. Got it. That would be so much cheaper than pesticides and better for the planet as well. You know, we've spoken to Lorraine. She oh, hasn't spent a, spent a zack yet. Not a cracker. <laughs> No, that's right. No, 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 no way in the world am I spending any because you don't have to. You just have to. Every single thing can be propagated. I've propagated the most beautiful roses. Right. You just trim off bits, but it's got to be a nice firm stem and mm-hmm. you plonk it in the soil. Don't worry about buying this potting mix. Just put things in the soil. What are you putting in a, in a pot with the soil then into the garden? Yep. No, you're wasting money on that. You don't need to. Lorraine, when does your first book come out? (laughs) (laughs) Cheryl and Darcy have written so many books and have been international bestsellers, and she has not covered sheep gardening yet. No, this is this is. I think Lorraine. I think Lorraine's onto something here. I really do. I'm loving it. You have to introduce her to your publisher. I have to. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
Well, we've had a great morning today with Lorraine, Lorraine Jones, yes. and we call this yeah. the Jones segment. We have. We've Forget Alan. So this, is, this, is, <laughs> this, this is Lorraine. Lorraine Jones is here. <laughs> Thanks, Lorraine, for joining Thank us. Thank you really, very much. It's been very enjoying talking to you. Okay. Fantastic. That's Lorraine Jones there, and she's one of our wonderful CWA members at Woi Woi with a, an amazing garden and lots of thrifty tips for us mm. right here, Pete. Coast FM 963. Time 6-3, My Little Girl by the late Ted Mulry and the gang. Back from, I think, Sholan, for those uh, who may remember Ted Mulry <laughs> stuff. Look, uh, Ted's son is involved in music now, and I believe he's coming uh, very, very soon to uh, one of our, our local theatres. What do you know about he that? He is. I do know a little bit about that. He's coming to the Art House up there at Wyong, which is going to be an amazing night that's coming up soon. And it's with the Ted Mulry Band and also the John English Band as well. So it's a, a really big show, as they say, that's a big coming show. up there. A big show. It is coming up here. It's called the Rock Show Oz, that's it. I love that name as well. I already feel like it's all happening. And they're playing classic Aussie rock from the 60s, 70s and 80s, honouring and remembering their mentor, John English. And they also may do My Little Girl. I think they might. Who's to know? <laughs> and she's My Little Girl. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually don't remember that song. It might be a little tiny bit before my time, Pete. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Coast FM 963 with Pete and Sherilyn this morning. Thank you for joining us. We're being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Thanks, guys. Here at Coast FM every Saturday morning. Only Nick and James at Erina have... Thank you today, Sherilyn. Mm, you, thank you. joining now with uh, the lovely Clara from uh, Permaculture. And not Narara. <laughs> well away from Narara today. Jesus. We're talking about cheapskate... Oh, is it cheapskate gardening? I wouldn't say that. We were saying thrifty gardening. Uh, so I how to save cheapskate. money in the garden and the home as well. Pete, hi, Clara. Hey, gangsters. Doing good. Excited. Excited to save a dollar. Okay. Well, Always. back in the days when you were a poor student at university, you didn't have a great deal of money and... Did you have a, a need to save money on your gardening? Oh, yeah, I don't think I've ever brought this up on the show before, Pete, but I'm actually a wog. My family are Eastern European migrants, so, oh. you know, being cheap isn't just a necessity. It's really a way of life for us. <laughs> well, I married a Polish girl, so I can... <laughs> you I, I'm you with understand, you there. Right? They're good gardeners, though. Any money is too much money to us, Bean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm even more intrigued now, Clara. <laughs> so, from the old country, what sort of... Uh, tips can you give us? Uh, look, never pay for anything you don't have to. All right? right. So if you can buy, trade or charm yourself into something, <laughs> pick that first. <laughs> Any item, anything you think you need to set up a garden, I think I can think of a way to get it for free. But have a go, quiz me. All right, I'm going to say it. Um, how about a garden bed? Raised garden beds are fantastic can be expensive does it need to be a raised garden bed Sherilyn that would be my first comment oh. is do we have to raise it up because that's going to cause you a lot of problems later on if you're a particularly lazy gardener like I am because mm -hmm. you know with permaculture we often like to use our our perennials as well as our right. annuals to keep everything in situ and when you're constantly topping up a raised garden bed that can be a bit tricky mm -hmm. so my first question would be does it need to be raised all right if you say yes I've got back problems, I need it to be raised. Mm -hmm. Then how about that old roof sheeting, that old collar bond roof sheeting? Oh, yes, 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 the corrugated stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so Meg, who's one of our 
permaculture group members, she's actually made up something she calls cupcake beds using that old corrugated roof sheeting. So just take that roof sheeting, bend it round in a circle. So it looks like a cupcake. A few pop rivets and then put a nice little bit of wood on the top so you Mm -hmm. don't cut yourself and you've got yourself a raised garden bed. That's right. Think about what kind of stuff is all over the central coast and, yeah, corrugated roof sheeting. It's everywhere. How could I save money or spend no money on feeding my plants? Oh, you definitely shouldn't be buying fertiliser. That's um, that's something I don't know. Anyone who in our group in particular are the common growers that actually purchase fertiliser. I mean, of course, I have my lovely chicos, my chickens. chickens. Yes, yes. yes. They will always provide me with lovely fertiliser, but there's a lot of different animal manures that you can go to if you want to. Mm -hmm. So if you know anyone who's got pet bunnies or rabbits... They actually produce heaps of fertiliser. I know they do, but I didn't know you could use them in the garden. That's right. So, And the good thing about rabbit manure as well is that you don't actually have to compost it. So whereas with your other type of animal manures, you really should be mixing it in with a compost, Mm. mixing it in with some carbon to dilute it. The rabbit manure is okay to go straight onto your garden. Well, you're feeding the plants. What about the plants themselves? How can I save money? Because plants and even seeds can cost a lot of money, Clara. So what do I do there? Oh, you've got to get into the propagation. Ah, yes. Do that propagation. So as well as join Permaculture Central Coast, shameless (laughs) plug there, because we do have a seed bank that is free for members to use. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way if you want to grow things from seed. But the best thing you can do is, is propagate from people who already have established gardens. Right, so it's getting those cuttings like you told us a few weeks ago. That's right. So my Mm. big Isabella grapevine that's producing tons and tons of delicious grapes for me at the moment, every time I have to prune that, I just stick all those little prunings into a pot and I've populated half the central coast by now with little grape cuttings. <laughs> we'll, we'll all be drinking wine soon, Pete. I can see it happening. It'll be nice. So you'd be hard-pressed to find something you can't propagate. Just uh-huh. do a bit of a Google and find out how people are doing it. And one thing we didn't touch on is garden soil. So don't forget you should be oh. producing your own garden soil. Get onto that composting straight away. Get mm. some mulch. Use some hugo culture, use old branches, logs, mm. anything you can to start building up your own soil because that's mm. going to save you a lot of money. I'm guilty as charged. I have spent a lot of money no, on soil. Don't do right? it. And oh, often it's not yeah. very good quality. It's either. not. That's right. So. Lake Memorial Salt Sandy, is it? Oh, the clay. We've got oh, a lot of clay. Gosh. And I've told, I've said this so many times before See, on the show. I've got the old... volcano site. That's the problem. <laughs> I, I've got the old Masterton display home from 1983 up there. And it, it's uh, they threw all the building rubble, I think, from the whole Lake Memora oh. area into yeah, my yard. Yeah, my place is the same. Yeah. There's a bit of rubble when I got mm, under mm, the surface mm. there. But no, I built it all up just using large amounts of arborist mulch, mm-hmm. putting a compost bin on the corner, getting all my neighbours to put their food scraps in there for me, and as I well like as that. all the a different animal manure and I've got really good healthy soil now built up so much soil I had to put a I had to put a retaining wall in not only can you do the gardening for free but you can save a lot of money with your gardening so plant ah. things that are expensive in the supermarket like lots of lettuce lots of dark leafy greens those things are really mm. easy to grow really easy to plant and they cost so much at the shops when you look at the cost per kilogram just to wrap up today being a multicultural program clara in your native tongue mm-hmm. you did explain you were coming to australia as a uh, european migrant mm-hmm. uh, what would you say if you were going to say thank you and have a nice weekend. Kesanem Sepan. On that note, have a nice weekend, Clara. (laughs) Thanks, Clara. (laughs) Clara, Coast FM and Sheldon Darcy were all together today. Oh, yeah.
Feel right at home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. It's quite rare the Gardening Gang get together and talk about a controversial issue. But something in the news popped up about um, a a new orchid, an orchid called the Wyong Orchid, that's popped up on a potential development site for Woolies and one of their... Uh, distribution centres in the Warnervale area. Yes, Pete, this is a hot topic. It's come to light recently. It's the famous Wyong Sun Orchid and it is almost extinct. Very scary, but they've found a whole lot. So I thought, let's not talk to me and definitely let's not talk to you. Let's go to the top. I have got the top <laughs> man to talk to. Oh, that's Steve. Steve Dunson. He oh. is the president of ANOS, your favourite group of people. Hello, uh, Steve. Well, let's just explain. It's the Australian Native Orchid uh, Society, right, Steve? You always get yeah. this wrong. Steve, um, what is it? No, get it right, you two. Now, I'm the president of Mingara and I'm on the committee of, of ANOS, the Australasian Native Orchid Society. I got close. The Wyong Sun Orchid is one of these Australasian orchids. Uh, this means, are they a protected species, Steve, are they? Every orchid in Australia is protected. Even with and woolies? <laughs> even, with, even with woolies. And I believe the decision's been made mm-hmm. um, to, to leave it alone yep. where it is. Mm. The um, Wyong uh, sun orchid is just an absolutely beautiful, rare orchid. And uh, it was identified some time ago. Yeah, I could you describe, because we're on radio, can you describe what it looks like and exactly what it is? Yeah. So the sun orchid is a, is a terrestrial orchid or an orchid that grows in the ground. So whenever we have our chats about orchids, cymbidiums and dendrobiums, they're epiphytes. Mm-hmm. They, they grow on trees, etc. Yep. And the sun orchid grows in the ground. And for most of the the year, it's just underground. You don't know it's there until around September. It pops its head up and Mm -hmm. has some leaves. And then after that, it will flower. And the only way it can reproduce is by seed. So um, the bees come along and see or smell. They can actually smell the flower, see the flower, and they pollinate it. We end up with some fruit, some seeds, and then they, they spread in that local area. I must declare, Steve, I, I'm not a shareholder of Woolies, but is there any way that that particular field there, uh, development site they've got at Warnervale, can be developed? Can the uh, the Wyong orchid be, be, be relocated somewhere? I think you're going to dig these orchids up and well, just he, cart he them off they, down to... Well, made the comment every year they've got to reseed. Yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah. maybe there's a way out of this for both parties. No, and that's the problem we have. We, well, not a problem. It's just the way that that terrestrial orchids are. So there, and Sharon will probably understand this. There, there's um, there's a symbiotic relationship, if you like. I don't want to get too technical mm. between the orchid and the fungus in the ground, oh. and that's why you have these little patches, these little colonies yes. of these orchids. And there's just the right fungus in that particular grassland that would have been there originally mm-hmm. for the sun orchids to, to grow. And, and in this case, the the um, Thelmitra orchid or Thelmitra adorata, it can only flower or can only grow basically in areas between Newcastle and Wyong. Mm-hmm. And this particular variety of sun orchid will only grow in that area. Yeah, yeah, and you understand. can't move them, Pete. No, yeah, okay. You just can't move them. Yeah. Well, I can see one day, mate, they'll put a big uh, wire netting around it and charge people to come in and see this unique orchid. It'll yeah, be the uh, Sun Orchid Park. 
I've got a question about the orchid itself. I'm looking at photographs now. It's a purple orchid, and I'm just guessing from the name Odorata, is it, has it got a perfume? It does. It certainly does. The internal parts of the, of the flower that looks like a person praying. Yeah, the colour, the beautiful deep blue or the purple oh, colour. Yeah. So how big is that flower? Well, normally you end up with multiple flowers on a, on a spike uh-huh. and they're about um, uh, maybe half an inch in diameter. Okay. Well, but, Steve, yeah. i got to say, mate, the, uh, the, the controversy now, as you mentioned, the controversy is over. So Tanya Plebisek has said this is not going to go ahead. So, Steve, you've given us a very much understable reason why, and I support you. That's a good name. We'll call it Wyong Sun Orchid Park, I think, mm, in future. <laughs> well, we've got to, con- got to conserve these species, and uh, particularly in areas like that. And there are a couple, actually, um, other things going on in the Central Coast that you may be aware of up around Charmhaven Way for a, a midge orchid as well that's under mm. threat as well that's being looked at. They're in very, very small areas, and, mm. uh, and because of that relationship with the fungi, Yep. They can't go anywhere else. That's it. There we go. Well, it's time the fungi wins, yeah. Sherilyn. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Been very helpful, my friend. Oh, it's a pleasure any time. And seeing you at the club shows during the year. We great. will. We'll catch up with you at the orchid shows. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Steve Gustin there from the Australasian Native Orchid Society with Coast FM this morning at the Gardening Game. And all the classic hits. The Doobie Brothers classic hits. It keeps you running. 12 minutes before 9 o'clock, Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy with The Garden Gang today being sponsored by Alan Grahams and also by Doormaster Security. Deb, not Deb so much. What? we got the hot one. We've got the hot one on the line right now. We've got hot. What's hot, Vicky? I almost called you Deborah for some reason. I don't know why, Vic, but good morning to you from Deborah. Good morning. Morning, Vicky. Now, we have the competition of the year. That's coming up in just a tick. It's the uh, little game we play. But in the meantime, mm. uh, what's hot? What are the hot deals in the nursery world at the moment? All right. Well, attention rare plant collectors because Burbank at Erin Heights have a handful of collocation mojitos in store. Mm. Beautiful little speckly plants that you could put inside or in a shady spot. Mm. Forest's Beach Garden Centre have got the variegated frangipani that would make a great feature tree in anybody's yard. It's your last weekend to save 30% off almost everything at Sharmhaven Garden Centre. And I believe the sale ends tomorrow at 4pm. Mother Earth Nursery at Point Clare. Keep on keeping on with the hard-to-find plants. And today you'll find the Australian Desert Lime in their nursery, which is an intense, zesty citrus that looks like an olive tree, they tell me. Mm. And YA Nursery have got a whole new lot of brand new pots. And it's a buy one, get one free deal. So oh. hurry in there and get a pot wow. and a free one. We're talking about the uh, running the uh, garden at a low cost, aren't we? Yeah, sure? we are. We've the theme today. So we've got Very a cheapy tricky. deal there for sure. Mm, nice cheeky one. What about Narara Valley? Have they got any cheapy deals on for us? Well, the best nursery on the Central Coast <laughs> has 20%. <laughs> 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 it's, it's still 20% off all plants, including already discounted plants and we have some exciting multi-buy deals at the moment too mm-hmm. um, so you buy buy three for the price of and that includes golden cane palms and dragon trees Ooh. so buy three for the price of and um, also we've got these beautiful big luscious peace lilies in 250 mil pots that are cheaper than chips 
Absolutely. Oh, Make sure you get into the best nursery today on the Central Coast for our Valley Nursery. <laughs> best deal's going there, absolutely. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. Okay, Vic, now you and the team now are all gathered together this morning mm. to yeah. try and outdo, shall we say, a uh, kind of gardening master, me, with this wonderful game <laughs> that Sheldon has, uh, you know, been working with now for over a year. A bit longer. Is it fact or fiction. That's Ooh. right. Is really? it a gardening fact or a piece of gardening fiction? Garbing, garbing so let's rip just... into it now. Let's, let's go. do it. Playing along at home <laughs> as well. We've been talking about orchids today. Well, specifically the Wyong Sun Orchid. What a great story that was before and a great win for the orchids. Yay. All right. Have you ever wondered where the name orchid came from? Because I do. And I'll tell you, this is a fact. All right. It derives from the Greek word orchids. Orchids, kids, and it means, Pete, you'll love this, testicle, because they resemble the fleshy, the tubers underground are thought to resemble those. So we're going a little bit naughty there, okay. I would call it a fib, but it's a fact, is it? It's a fact. And various cult. this is a fact as well, various cultures around the world have used orchids in sex and fertility rituals. The Turks, for example, made ice cream from orchid tubers to enhance male performance. And in Africa, men use the leaves on their wedding day to produce male children. And in various parts of Asia, women have used orchids to increase their fertility. This is what I'm going to put to you right now. That, that's all facts. And I wasn't going to try on that because I know that Vicky knows So give orchids. us the fib or the fact. The fib, fact or a fib. The word kid, when we have kids, comes from the name orchid. That's where it comes from. You know, we say our children are kids oh. because of all of this association. So does the term, the slang term for children, kids, come from the word orchid? Orchid. I'm going to find out first is it a fact if uh, or is it Vic a fib? is indeed uh, fertile. How many children have you had there? What's <laughs> on? I'm definitely an orchid. I've got four. Whoa. Okay, you've had four orchids. I've only had two orchids at our place. <laughs> I've only had two. <laughs> and Sherilyn's got two orchids. I've got two orchids. Fact or fib, what do you think? Um, oh, okay. I think that could be feasible. I'm going to lock in true. Oh, I think it's a play on words and it's not the slightest. Connection to orchids at all. The word kid. <laughs> Sheldon? Oh, it's a load of rubbish. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, come on. Everybody knows what a kid is. It's a baby goat. That's where it comes <laughs> from. <laughs> I will stand undefeated today. I'm speechless. I'm actually lost for words right now. I don't even know what. <laughs> uh, well, right. Thank you, Vic. Thanks for playing today. Always nice catching up. And remember, Thanks, in the guys. words of the Go-Go's, on these matters, our lips are sealed. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Vic. Thank you. At home with the Gardening Gang, Coast FM 963. Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. In your wildest dreams, there's the Moody Blues from Coast FM 963 and Pete Little on the radio this morning for this Saturday morning. Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, our sponsor, along with our good friends at Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. 
He's hit the bell this morning. Oh, look at him. Town crier Steve is in here to yes. bring on Cheryl and Paul. Get your hands dirty it's and more. time to get And Steve, thank you so much. Here is the Coast Community Newspaper. It's back out this week and you can get it all across the Central Coast. And you know what that means, Pete and you Steve? You get your hands dirty with you it. You can because down in the garden column, well, it's a whole page, is back. And I'm going thrifty. I've got all my thrifty tips in this week's newspaper. So get it wherever you find the Coast Newspaper or online as well at centralcoastnewspapers.com.au. All right, what's happening around the coast? Things are starting to hot up again. There's a lot of things, but I want to tell you about a playgroup. Bush Kids Playgroup starts shortly. It's at the Carry On Eco Garden. It's for zero to six-year-olds. You can join them each week, Rain Shane or hail even. They've got cover there, hopefully. Bush Kids Playgroup is fantastic. It offers parents a chance to connect with others and for children aged zero to six to make new friends in a bushland setting. They facilitate and provide inspirational garden-based play. How fun is that? And if you're a helicopter <laughs> parent, you'll hate it. <laughs> Probably. Oh, anyway, to find out more, you can Google Carry On Eco Garden or pick up the newspaper. There's lots more in there about it. All right, closer to home in your garden, what's happening? Well, if you've got cucumbers growing, you're probably finding that some of the runners are failing to produce fruit. So give the ends a good chop with a shovel. That's all you have to do or a spade, just chop them off. And this will encourage branching and then more cucumbers will appear, hopefully. Also, keep picking your beans because that will keep the harvest producing. We just keep magically having beans all the time. Now, you can plant some things. Now, be very careful. I think it's going to be hot tomorrow, Pete. Is that right? With the weather? 35. Very, very hot. 35. Let's not plant tomorrow, people. Let's wait till later in the week. And then you can plant culinary herbs, beans, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages. That's all the cabbages. Cape gooseberries, if you happen to like them. And also capsicums, carrots can go in, cauliflower, celery, chicory, cress, and the cucumbers. Keep putting them in. Eggplants can go in, endives, leeks, lettuce, marrow, melons, also parsnips, pumpkins, rhubarb, rosella. I love those flowers in my champagne, let me tell you. Silverbeet can go in, spring onions, squashes, sweet corn, and tomatoes can still go in. Lots and lots of flowers can go in. I've noticed that Gardening Australia magazine just came out and the bulbs are coming because they've got a little bulb catalogue in there. So let's start thinking about that. But in the garden, I know, Steve, I'm hurrying. Cosmos, marigolds, nasturtiums, and also you can put in salvia, snapdragon, sunflowers, vinca, zinnias. There's heaps more. Grab the newspaper and you'll find out. There it is. There it is. What's in the garden? <laughs> well, we're growing it today with your dirty hands. Oh, I know. Oh, my God, that's not very well phrased. It wasn't, was it? I in was that, getting like, uh, you know. newspaper article, you've got all about the dirty hands and the Get you know, keeping hands. your feet warm and no, things like that. Steve, things. okay, mate. All right, all right Steve, right, we're getting off, we're getting off. Jesus. Thank you so much, Sherilyn. It's always nice to hear Thank what you. to grow and also to hear those classic hips like this one. Coast FM, home of the classic hits today, along with the Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. And this day, we're talking about the phenomena of running a garden on the cheap. Let's be, <laughs> let's be plain about this one. Yes. We're going tight. You know, Very there's a tight. bit of a tightening of the economy out there mm. and people haven't got mm. heaps of money to throw around. Sherilyn, mm. do they? No, but I liked Clara from Permaculture Central Coast angle that you can actually save money, of course, 
by gardening, by doing it sensibly, because there's a lot of things that are very expensive. And my big beef is the herbs. Herbs cost a fortune in supermarkets and places. You know, you get a couple of sprigs of something and it's about four Three or five bucks, dollars. Four yeah, and you can grow herbs so easily on the central coast. There's no reason that you need to go and buy just that bunch of plastic wrapped rubbish at all. But we've been uh, talking to a lot of people. I'm going to use the word convenient, though. Let me say this to you. Oh, excuse me, it's Pete. Convenient. I'm going to tell you something that's a little bit more convenient. How about just walking out to your backyard and snipping a, a herb? That's even more convenient, I think. So there you go. I counter you. Now, is it expensive to bring out pets? We're going to talk to ah. our very good friend, Tanya, our mm. pet vet nurse, mm. very soon. How much... Is it to run a pet? To run a pet. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) It could be big. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy with the Gardening Gang today. Tanya Middleton's joined us now. You might ask the question that Mm -hmm. uh, Tanya has uh, also put to us today, the cost of pets and things like that might be a good um, topic for Tanya. She's our pet vet nurse. Hello, Tanya. Hello, guys. How are you today? Well, fabulous might be the way to put it. <laughs> but we're concerned about the cost of pets, Pete. No, we've been oh, discussing it, yes. Budget, budget. Tough year out there now. Mm, it is. It's becoming necessary to sort of look at the cost of things these days. Mm. Our pets have an expense, but they also have a dividend too, of course. Love. Let's remember that beautiful dividend. Mm, mm, but mm. in reality, Tanya, mm. what kind of yeah. costs do we have to be mindful of if we have a just what say one pet? So let's say it's a dog, medium-sized mm-hmm. dog, uh-huh. mm. and reasonably healthy. Yeah. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, look, I think the first year is going to be the most expensive because that's when you've got, you know, your um, initial vaccination. So instead of just getting a yearly back, you've got your initial, and then your, you know, your your couple of boosters. I'm, I've got, got, got a, I've got a page things. here. What's that? We up to five hundred <laughs> bucks yet? Yeah, okay. You're making a little ledger here, aren't oh, you? Yeah, right? Oh, you're on it. Okay. <laughs> Would that be five hundred bucks for the first year? On average? Oh no! Look, I think I think you're looking at a bit more than that. Again, we're talking about a puppy, so you've mm. got your you've got your few boosters, your couple of boosters, your initial vaccine, your couple of boosters, your detecting, worming. You've got more worming in the first year for a puppy. Mm. Um, so, look, I think a lazy I think thousand probably be looking at about oh three thousand dollars maybe for the first year. I was well off at five hundred, um, and then yeah, okay, well off yeah, at five hundred. Even no, the three, old days, Cheryl. You could do it for five hundred once, but <laughs> no longer. I'll tell you something. I'm just going to jump in here very quickly. It depends on the age and the sex of the animal as well. If it's a dog, so if you've got this this dog, okay, yeah. and the older and heavier it is, the more it costs to get them to sex. And male dogs are cheaper than females. But I've got DJ who we've rescued and who's coming up to eighteen months old now. But he's thirty two kilos. Just got the quote to get him to sex because we rescued him and he hadn't been to sex younger. Six hundred dollars for the big cut because he's well, a, oh, right. just just to get the boy done. So Ooh. yeah, and she said a female. We're looking okay. at fifteen hundred. So there's there's a, a lesson for you. I'm sure Tanya will agree. You say get the them boys de-sexed. are five hundred. What do you say? The boys six hundred. The girls and the girls are about fifteen. But if they're younger and lighter, they're cheaper because it's the anaesthetic and that. So the, the and you should be getting them desexed legally when they're little as well. So there's a there's okay. a good reason to get out there and get it done early. So Tanya, if we talk about that three thousand dollar point there, price point there. That doesn't include mm. any uh, FIFA de- desexing. That's basically just the uh, inoculations and things like that. Is that right? 
No, look, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking, you know, including desexing. So look, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm, well, I'm rejigging some figures. Okay. okay. okay right. I think three to six thousand dollars in the first year. Oh, three okay. to six now. Depending okay. depending on breed, depending on other things, and that's including equipment, so dog beds, toys. Mm. Um, they're going to go for a lot more checkups. Okay, we're up to three to six in the first year. What mm-hmm. uh, what about after that, Tan? So many factors, you know, the type of food you feed them, um, you know, whether you take them to a groomer or whether you groom them yourself, you mm-hmm. know, there's so many factors. It's really hard to put a figure on it. Let's just say another three grand every year after that. About And three. these are just, you know whether you need to get their teeth done regularly, whether they are the type mm-hmm. of dog who has skin allergies. Skin mm-hmm. allergies are very expensive. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Well, I might even start crying, and this is ridiculous, but um, my cat Levi has just been diagnosed as a diabetic. Oh. And, um, you know, he's, he's 12, he's almost 13. Mm-hmm. And, look, I take responsibility for it. Um, he's a little chubby. Mm-hmm. He's probably a kilo overweight, or a little bit more than a kilo overweight, and it, it's my fault because he <laughs> he gets whatever he wants. Treats, he, he treats abound. Okay, he knows where the treats live, and he gets whatever he wants. And you know, okay. for those that don't know my don't know my story, um, you know, I, my parents died quite a few years ago, and when I was younger, my brother lives in Germany, and. I do have I do have great friends, so don't get me wrong. And this is your family, of course, your pet. He is my family. Um, you know, I'm I'm single, and um, yeah, Levi is my he is my family, and he sleeps in my bed, and you know, we're very very close, and we we have been for you know the, the twelve years that I've had him, and he oh. does get whatever he mm-hmm. likes, but um, you know, that's an extra expense that I'm going to factor in and, you know, now we have to change his diet and diet is actually going to be more expensive even though he's going to be eating less. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so... Oh, you know, I feel for things. you, Tan. I really oh, feel yeah. for that circumstance. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not a death sentence and, mm-hmm. and you know, I've been through cancer with particularly my mum and, you know, mm-hmm. different, different. But it's, you know, I have to give him a needle every morning and night and, you know, I'm a good person to do it because I've, got training but there's a whole emotional roller coaster yeah, with sure. that when it's your mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's these things that that can happen that do add extra expenses. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna be fine by the way, and cats can go into remission oh, and we're on we're on like military diet here in our house. <laughs> See, I couldn't but, imagine well, that he could be in better care than with you, Tanya. That honestly, <laughs> otherwise you'd have to hire yeah, a vet nurse. Another yeah. <laughs> vet. Uh, yeah, no. she'd be the best. <laughs> but, I've got but, one. Oh, now I'm just thinking about yeah. somebody who might be on a fixed income, like a uh, you know a pension person, and they're in your circumstance, yeah. they're living just with a pet for company and all that kind of thing. It becomes a fairly yeah. expensive exercise, doesn't it? You know? Well, that's right. The special food that they have to go on, and um, you know, the medication and and the vet visits, and you know, I've ordered him one of those um, those um, libra. I call them libras. People call them li- libras, but you know, the mm-hmm. um, the little um, diabetic monitors that you, yep. that you see with people that mm-hmm. stick to their skin that you just scan with your phone. Mm. And you know, so I've ordered him one of those and. 
you know, me being in the industry, I get all the discounts. So I'm, I'm, let's mm-hmm. just get, like, I'm not complaining financially about this, but I'm mm. just saying for someone who's not in the industry, and it can be very expensive. And mm. all I'm saying is you have to be financially prepared for that, and it's not always easy. That's um, lovely. Yeah. Coast FM, we talk to Tanya every week, pet vet, uh, nurse. Tanya Middleton, part of our gang here at Coast FM. Absolutely, and wishing Levi good health very soon. Go the kid. That's right. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on the radio this morning. It is the Gardening Gang. One of our regulars we hook up with every week is Lachlan McDonald. Cheryl, you know the Lachlan from Ray White McDonald Partners. Mm, he's the expert. Good morning, guru Rocky. in real estate. Mm. Lachlan, as our regular uh, segment goes, we talk about all aspects of real estate, the positives, the negatives, and today I thought we'd touch on something that um, uh, may be of interest to people who have um, uh, decided or looking around for a property, and it's on a main road. Okay, it's on a main road. Now, personally, I never have lived on a main road. Sherilyn, you may have, I don't know. But the question today is, is living on a main road a blessing or is it a curse? Well, yeah, I guess it, it depends on what, what you're after. But the one thing I will say is that I think it can be an absolute blessing for somebody who's trying to get into the market. And it's always been the case. You know, we, we're used to talking about how crazy the market's been the last, uh, you know, let's say five to ten years. That The main road property has always been a stepping stone property for a lot of young families looking to get into the market oh, in a certain really? area. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, so we're not, it's not uncommon where we would see someone grab something that's on the main road. It's maybe a little bit more affordable for the same size of property because it's on the main road, but they get to be in the school district they want to be in. They get to be in that catchment. Um, they get to be close to family, friends, wherever, that, like, wherever they're, they're trying to be. Um, and then what often happens is at some point in the future, they'll try and upgrade or maybe move to another property that, that maybe is off the main road. So it can be a really good entry point into the into a market that maybe is just a touch out of reach for you. So in general terms, would there be a, a 10% reduction in the uh, asking price of a main road property as opposed to one back? Oh, Peter, it's very hard to quantify. I wouldn't be able to say that there's a sort of blanket difference. Mm. You know, some properties um, defy results and, and, and a really good property on a main road can be, you know, still achieve phenomenal prices. And it depends on the type of property too because certain homes will have features that um, make the main road less of an issue. So, for example, uh, we sold a great property uh, a couple of years ago now on Brisbane Water Drive where they had gone through and every single window was double glazed. The whole home was, was designed around noise attenuation yep. and it was whisper quiet inside. You you would It was quieter inside that home than many homes that were two or three streets back. So that home, for example, <laughs> wouldn't attract the same level of discount that another yep. home might, for example. A gotcha. Mm. Yeah. A friend of mine yeah. is uh, in a situation, he is in a main road place, but he hears on the grapevine, and he's very excited to tell me this story, there's a, a plan, a grandmaster plan, to widen the whole road, mm-hmm. and he thinks they'll be resuming his property. Is that something he's going to make money out of when the Department of Main Roads or whoever resume properties? 
Do you get a premium in that case or they squeeze you? Oh, that's What's your experience? Yeah. Well, what I've, what I've experienced is that they, they, whilst they tend to pay what's considered a fair market value and they have to, the properties need to be valued by independent valuers. Okay. What they, what they squeeze you on, unfortunately, is the time frame. There's been a lot of properties where I've, I've heard of instances where the, the road is, it's been announced that it's going to happen, but the properties haven't been resumed as yet, but everyone knows that it's going to happen. So really tricky to sell that property now. Mm. So the per- person sort of ends up in limbo because that the property hasn't been, been purchased by, you know, whoever is handling the roads. Yep. But, but also the general public know that it's in the pipeline. So no one really wants to take over that and purchase that property. So they're really in, in limbo. So that's probably the bigger concern. I think mm-hmm. once it actually happens, generally, yeah, of course, they do get a fair price and there's safeguards in place for mm-hmm. that. But I wouldn't say it's going to be a payday, Pete, that's for sure. Yes, that's uh, – well, actually, he prompted me to ask that question. He's <laughs> not quite sure if he's uh, a blessing or a curse at this oh, stage. Oh, you know? yeah, because mm. of where you are. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's on the central coast here. So, Is nevertheless, it? you okay. can probably work out roughly where. I am working that out. Part of the old Pacific mm. Highway. Okay. Anyway, we won't go any further there because it's all very harsh. Huh? Is it? Uh, Lachlan, thank you for your tips today for those uh, <laughs> who are in that position. And uh, we'll catch you next week with more exciting news in the real estate world. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Lachlan. Thanks, guys. The very knowledgeable Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners joins us every week. Right here on Coast FM 963. Darcy, and that is the Depeche Mode. Yeah. On, now, Saturday day coming up this Friday, the gardening yes. gang will not be on the air, obviously, it's a Friday, but mm-hmm. Pete and Sherlyn are going to be joined by the Rotary Clubs of uh, Terrigal, mm-hmm. uh, Kincumber, uh, I think is also Carryong for a big uh, Australia Day morning show It'll between be 9 and 12. Mm-hmm. And we've also got some mute prizes provided by Hawkesbury Brewing. We do. We do. We have their new uh, low-carb lager. That sounds really good if you're trying They're to the watch prizes. a slimline. They'll be very desirable. <laughs> We're playing a competition that's mm. called uh, the Shrew and Falls Aussie Game. Oh, you, you know, love those games. Out, uh, All right, let's Sherwin. go. Go. Um, I'm trying to think now if I can mm-hmm. just recall one of those. Oh, I know a question. This relates also to gardening. The... Um, um, okay. put it. What's that <laughs> big straightaway between South Australia and Perth? That's the big long straight road. What's that called? The Ocean Road. No, 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 not the Ocean Road. <laughs> oh, no, it's that's on from the, Melbourne. On the plane. On the, the plane. Oh, the Nullarbor Plain. The Nullarbor Plain. Yes. Okay, true or false? Mm-hmm. True or false, my dear? Yes. The word Nullarbor yes. is an Aboriginal name. True or false? Oh, no, I actually think that it's quick, Latin. Quick. I think it's Latin. I know what it means, but I think it's Latin. You're correct. Hey. So it's not Aboriginal at all. No, no, no. No, abor means no, no trees. Correct. <laughs> That's the kind of uh, true or false game right. we're playing with like great it. prizes. Come and see us down at the uh, Haven next Friday. Mm-hmm. Yes, for Australia Day. Be Why fun. not?
flowers in the rain. There's the move, voice of Roy Wood. Now, next week on the Gardening Gang program, it's all about rain, it's all about water, and it's all about plants. Oh, it is, Pete. It's all about water plants. It's all about plants that grow in ponds, around ponds, in I was going to say fish tanks, but some people do have those fish sort of ponds outside. So we'll be talking about creating water features, but most importantly, what sort of plants can you grow, particularly on the central coast, in these water features? We're going to find out next week. We will. Okay, look forward to it. A hidden gem in the beautiful...